All right, everyone, welcome to another episode of Homemade Ops. Thank you, everyone, for being here. It's uh, it's a good Monday. Hopefully, y'all had a wonderful holiday weekend. Maybe you had some fun, did some activities. I don't know, whatever you did. <laughs> Hopefully, you had a good weekend. Well, we're going to continue our series of our whole home buying process. Now, if you are just tuning in, you might want to jump to last week's episodes first and listen to those uh, since we are in our third episode of this particular series. Last week, we had we were talking about the real estate process. When you're purchasing a home, what do you expect? And uh, you're dealing with different parties who are involved. Well, this week, we're going to continue that conversation. This week, we're going to continue the conversation, but this time talking about the mortgage itself, because this warrants explanation, <laughs> plenty of explanation. So today we're going to be talking about what exactly is a mortgage, which is a loan, but it's a special kind of loan. What is it exactly? We'll go into all the different details. And then on Wednesday, we're going to talk about some tips and tricks and strategizing. Okay, so we've got a little bit of news for you today. And the news is that there isn't news. Which, <laughs> well, actually, no, there is news here is there was some talk about the IRS deadline was moved, as you all know, we talked about on the show, from April 15th to July 15th. There was some talk that it was going to be pushed out again, but the IRS officially came out and said, nope, we're keeping it July 15th. I'm guessing they want their money. Um, so you'll want to know that you need to file your taxes if you haven't yet by July 15th, and they're not pushing back that deadline. It's coming up. So... Be careful. Be diligent, everyone. Make sure you get those in before the date. I would even say like a week before. <laughs> Agreed. I know. I can't believe it's already into July. <laughs> this year's gone by fast. So one thing you have to be careful of is with extensions. So any year, even when there's not a pushback, normally you can file an extension with the IRS, which means you can push back your deadline to October 15th. Now, one thing you have to be careful of, not only this year, but just any other normal year, is that does not mean your payment deadline is October 15th. That's just your deadline to get your official form in, your official tax filing, but your tax payment is still due by April 15th or this year, July 15th. So you may think, oh, I'll file an extension and I have until almost Halloween to pay my taxes. Not true because you will start incurring penalties and interest on those beginning on July 16th, which is painful. <laughs> Do what I just thought about? We are going to be paying taxes in July, right? Like that's what we're doing. We're, we're holding off until this month, till the mid of this month. That means we're going to be paying taxes again here in like less than a year, like less it's than depressing. six months. <laughs> that's miserable thinking about it. It's a very sad thing. Uh -huh. and, and one thing you have to be careful with the IRS is that um, the interest compounds daily which is very painful, and it starts the day after that deadline. So July 16th, if you haven't made your payment yet, you're in big trouble. So don't ever think any year that you can just file an extension and then not pay anything and you're good. Remember, the tax amounts are still due. So talk with your financial planner, talk with your tax accountant to plan specifically around that, but just keep that in mind. And if you haven't filed your taxes yet, be sure you do it by July 15th. And one other tip on that too is if you're having trouble, you think, oh my gosh, this is a lot of taxes due. I can't pay it by July 15th. You're going to be better off. Go ahead and file 
and the IRS actually does have payment plans. You'll pay some fees and things like that, but it's gonna be a lot better if you go ahead and file and you tell the IRS you need some extra help rather than just not paying. That's gonna be a lot better off for you. So just file, set up a payment plan if you're running into trouble. This is a weird year. <laughs> it is, this weird is, this year, weird? <laughs> Man, it's, uh, I can't speak well today. This year is wacko. I mean, I think we just all can't wait till it's over. I think the weirdest thing about this year for you and I, so Todd and I love movies, is that there's no good, there's no new movies. I'm running out of things to watch or to look forward to. You know, we were watching at one of our favorite movie reviewers on YouTube and he's just reviewing all these old movies now. And we love, it's good to catch up on some old movies. Um, but all of our What Did We Watch This Weekend series is older movies. So there's, so let's now go jump over to What Did We Watch This Weekend? Because we actually found some old gems for you that you might like. Uh, one of them, Kimberly has not seen this before. I have another one of those. <laughs> That's every movie in the series. <laughs> Unless it's like a chick flick. I don't watch many of those. But when it comes, but we watched one called Escape from Alcatraz with Clint Eastwood. And it's actually a really good yeah, movie. Yeah, I loved it. We actually visited Alcatraz, was it just last year? Just last year for our fifth wedding anniversary. Yes, it was really cool. I thought it was kind of amazing, almost really creepy. And I noticed in the movie that they filmed most of it at Alcatraz, which was pretty cool. So, which was, it was really kind of an eerie, an eerie feel there. An abandoned prison is just... Not a very pleasant place. And the movie did a really, really good job. It's about, it's based, it's based on a true story about these three guys who escaped and they're the only ones where they never know if they successfully escaped or not. They don't know if they drowned, made it out. It's still, and I, I want to know so badly. I really think they made it. It's, it's tricky. But, you know. Nobody knows to this day, but they have not found the bodies. And so they did get off the rock. So they did get off uh, the actual island itself. They found evidence of that, but they just don't know if they lived or died. If making the cross across that, uh, that, uh, that's the strait. What do they call the that? Bay, the, the river. I think. So they, in the water, super cold. They had super and cold. It's right in San Francisco. There's a bunch of sharks there too. So who knows? <laughs> yeah. The movie's fantastic though. We loved it. So be sure to check that one out. I think it was free on prime. Now, another show that we watched, and this one's not a movie, but we love this one. This is one that I saw and I showed it to Kimberly and she loved it. Is uh, This one is relatively new. It just came out last year. It's called Chernobyl. It is excellent. It it's is very good. It is another so kind good. of creepy one based on true events again, uh, based on, of course, the Chernobyl explosion in the 80s, right? Yep. And it it's a kind of a frustrating show to watch because it shows that so many people had problems and died and had horrible things happen because a lot of people were too prideful to admit that there was a problem. Well, like it they was the nation. Were, it was yeah. the Soviet Union. And there was yeah. all this denial for hours after the explosion that it even exploded. Like our position is that it did not explode. Well, whether you like it or not, it did. <laughs> and now it's affecting multiple nations yeah. with all the radiation. So uh, it's so the explosion, what it was, was uh, the worst nuclear catastrophe that's ever happened in the history of the world was at Chernobyl. And it was so bad that it just, they had to evacuate the whole town, hundreds of thousands of people. They can't even go back to this day. You can't live at Chernobyl. It's just insane. So if uh, if you want to watch a very intense, frustrating movie, Chernobyl is that. Well, it's a miniseries, right? Five episodes, one hour each about. It feels like a movie. It's like two movies. It's about five hours total. Yeah. Probably a little over five hours. So definitely worth a watch. 
So let's go ahead and continue to our next portion. Uh, we're going to talk about, let's hurry and review. We're going to jump over to the main topic of the day, home buying part three. Well, so let's uh, in review of what we discussed last week. So last week we talked about home buying. We also had Ryan Ogden on the show on Friday for our Friday Friends, which was a whole lot of fun. Hopefully you all liked that and found it very informative. Talking with a real estate agent, seeing how that's working. Now you just want to be sure. So last week we talked about all the different players. We had the lender, you had your buyer and seller agent. You also had your title company, the actual lender themselves, the financial institution that lends you out the money. We talked about all of those that are going to be involved with the whole, whole, uh, the whole home buying process. We also had three questions that you need to ask yourself before buying a home. And the other thing we talked about is what parties are involved when buying a home. Who are all the players? There's a lot of people talk, you know, a lot of people involved, a lot of fees involved. What does everyone do? How's everybody paid? Those are really helpful. And especially if you're looking at your first time buying a home, kind of knowing what to expect for the process. So today we want to get into a little bit more about mortgages specifically, which are really, really important part of the home buying process, obviously. They're kind of my favorite part to talk about because it's all about the numbers and understanding everything. And I find this really interesting. When we had uh, or bought our home, we I sat down with our mortgage broker on a phone call with him, poor guy, at like nine o'clock at night, asking him to explain all the fees to me, breaking it down, and being able to understand where our money is going. Like we've talked about before, it's one of the biggest purchases you'll make in your life. So it's a lot of money and there's a lot of steps and mortgages aren't always as simple as they seem. And there's a lot of things you want to be really careful about so you can avoid running into issues. There's a lot of problems that are pretty easily avoided if you know what to look for and if you know what you're talking about. So first, let's just talk about, let's break it down easy. What is a mortgage? So a mortgage is just ba is a type of debt specifically for a home or a real estate purchase. Um, it's also known as liens against a property and claims on a property. So when it comes to the lender and these, so what Kimberly was just talking about with those weird words, like a lien against a property claim on a property, they're known as that as well. But the most common term that you're going to hear is just a mortgage. But what does that mean exactly? Well, what it's going to happen, what a, what a mortgage is, is you're going to go to a financial institution that has money and you're going to say, Hey, institution, I need some money to purchase a home. I don't have the money, but over a certain specified period of time, I'm going to pay you to make sure so that way I can get the home today, but I'll pay you for like 30 years. Here's the thing. You do own the home. You do get the home. You can move in. Awesome. Once you get approved for your mortgage, the lender says, yeah, you're good. You have a trustworthy credit history and all that kind of stuff. We'll talk about that in a few minutes. Um, once they agree to all that, they're going to fork out the money for you pay for the home so the home is yours. However, you're still, you still have an obligation to the lender because you're using their money. It's not your money. So you're paying them over a period of time plus interest. The interest is the fee that they charge for using their money. So you're actually paying them for a period of time. And then if you stop making those payments before then will they can seize your house basically. And that's why you hear the term lean against property or claim on property. It's because when you purchase a home, what they're going to do is they're going to say, Hey, yeah, the home is yours. We paid the money on your behalf. However, we're going to use your home as collateral. So if you don't pay me back, I need to, I need to get my money back somehow. So they're going to take back the home and sell it. And so that's why you definitely want to pay off your loans first and foremost, <laughs> so you can keep your property. But that's essentially what a mortgage is. 
So if you hear the term, as Todd mentioned, foreclose, what that means is that if you stop making your payments, the bank can take your home. They have what's called collateral. Your home is collateral for the loans. And your agreement is saying, I'm going to borrow hundreds of thousands of dollars for you. If I don't pay it back, then that means you can take the home. It's collateral for the loan. That's what the bank or the lender can take if you don't make your payments. Now, there's one thing you want to consider, though, uh, when it comes to this whole scenario. A lot of people have a stigma against banks. Some deserve it. I'm not going to lie. But uh, the stigma is, oh, those evil creditors coming after me, those lenders. Ah, ah. Well, here's the thing. You're borrowing their money. (laughs) It's like you got to realize that you're not using your money. So you get your house. You're like, oh, I'm in my house. I love my house. And you agree with them. You sign contracts saying, hey, I'm going to pay you this much to use your money. Now, why is that important to understand? It's important to understand because you've got to accept some personal responsibility when it comes to these mortgages. A lot of times people just say, eh, I can get any loan I want. Uh, they say I'm approved for $800,000. Let me do that. And then all of a sudden uh, you can't make those payments anymore. And you're like, oh, they're coming after me in my home. Well, maybe, yes, maybe the banks have done some bad things in the past. Maybe they have some bad terms. I get that. But the thing is you agreed to that. You agree to that and it's your responsibility to review the information and the paperwork so you don't get screwed over in those particular situations. So I just want to give you that heads up as we go through this conversation because we should not have some sort of stigma against, there are some banks that you should avoid, but you have to recall that this money is not yours. So you can't treat it like it is. All right. So keep that in mind as we go through this. So who gives you, who gives out mortgages? Well, they're going to be different banks. So you got banks, credit unions, mortgage specific companies, brokers can connect you to a bunch of these different ones. Uh, they can Brokers can connect you to a bunch of different financial institutions that will lend you money uh, or find you the best option. Those are, uh, though, and in some cases, the government will give out some as well, but we're going to be focusing more on the private side. And when we say private, we mean non-government entities, right? They're going to be just like your local banks, that kind of stuff. So as Todd mentioned, if you use a broker, what they'll do is they'll compare a bunch of different banks, a bunch of different credit unions, and then like we talked about, there's mortgage-specific companies where all they do is they give out mortgages. Banks and credit unions also do all kinds of loans, or they have savings accounts, checkings accounts, and but mortgage-specific companies, all they do is give out mortgages. And a broker will compare a bunch of those so you can look at the fees, you can look at the different rates that they're offering, and you can find the best option. It's always important, we'll talk about this in our next episode with more of the strategy, but it's important to compare as many different people as you can, just as if you're buying something on Amazon. You're going to pull up a bunch of different options, see what's the best value for the best price, the best fit for you and your family. And so you want to compare as many options as you can. But those are the people that are giving out mortgages. And then a broker is someone who can help you compare and understand the different options. Or in other words, the broker is just the bridge between you and the financial institution. They're going to connect you with the ones who have money. Think of a broker kind of like one of those comparison websites where you're looking maybe at buying laptops or something. And they have a website where they pull up like five different laptops and the pros and cons, kind of like that. So let's talk about what does a mortgage look like. Let's talk about a bunch of the terms that you'll hear. There's a bunch of terms that'll fly around when you're buying a house and looking at a mortgage. And sometimes they can be a little bit confusing. So first one is going to be a down payment. So usually when you buy a home, say you're buying a home that is $300,000. 
usually you have to put money towards what's called a down payment. That's the amount that you're paying towards the cost of your house to decrease the amount of the loan you're taking. So for example, with the $300,000 home, maybe you put down $50,000. You've saved up all this money and you can put down $50,000 and you're really happy about that. That means you're only taking a loan of $250,000. It helps make your payments a little bit lower, you're taking less loans, and not only that, it makes the bank or the mortgage lender comfortable with you. Because if you took a full $300,000 loan, usually you're not even allowed to do that, you have to put something down. The bank's thinking, man, if you can't afford any money towards this house, can you even afford the monthly payment? So having a good down payment not only helps lower the amount that you'll have to pay monthly, but it also shows that you have the financial ability to purchase a home. You may not be able to fork out $300,000, but you could fork out $50,000. It shows that you have the intent to buy a home, you have the financial responsibility, and you have a little less money that you have to pay towards the loan. So the bank's not giving you all of the money for the house, they're only giving you some of the money for the house. So our next term is gonna be interest rate. And those are the fees, basically, that you're paying to borrow the money from the bank. So if somebody's going to give you $250,000, they're not going to give that to you for free. They have to make money off of that. That's what your interest charge is. And the way that banks or lending institutions charge that is they have an interest rate, and then they charge it, they multiply that against the outstanding balance on the loan. And that's how much they give, that they get in commission, basically. So why would somebody want to do that? And this is very important to understand, especially when you start getting into the world of investments. And we're going to talk in length in future episodes about investing. Well, the fact that banks are allowing us to use their money or even other people's money is actually pretty incredible. Think about it. You would not be able, most people, I shouldn't say you, but most people would not be able to even purchase the homes that they currently live in unless somebody was willing to lend them out money. Having access to capital is one of the coolest things that we have developed in the world. And the, the fact that we can actually borrow other people's cash, use it, utilize it, increase your assets, pay them over a period of time, and now you have accumulated your wealth. You're able to benefit from capital today and by paying it off over a series or a bunch of different payments over time, 15 to 30 years or whatever it may be. That is really cool. Now, of course, there's good ways and bad ways to do it, and that's what Kimberly and I are here for, to help you and give you some of that context. But in that case, these banks, they need to make money. They want to make money so they can actually utilize that money for themselves and also for other people. That's what the whole idea of capitalism is, right? So the fact that banks are trying to earn money off of you borrowing their money is not necessarily a sin, you know, it's not necessarily a bad thing. Some people are like, oh, those evil creditors. Well, the fact that they're allowing people to use their money, they could keep it for themselves. Think of it that way. They could keep that money. It's like, fine, I'll just keep my money. I'll keep all my riches and I'll do my own thing with it. Well, then we wouldn't have access to that money, that capital to purchase our homes. So one thing also to remember about interest is if you buy a $300,000 home, you're not going to be paying $300,000 for that over time. Given the interest, there's a lot of interesting calculators that you can run online, but you'll be paying tons more on top of that, often hundreds of thousands of dollars more. So it's good to keep that in mind. You think, okay, $300,000 when you're making your payment, 
you know, you're not only paying just the amount of the house or just the value of the house that you're buying or just the amount of the loan, you're paying more than that. So that brings us to the next term, which is really understanding your mortgage payment. So I wanna break it down for you guys. Remember, this is just the amount that you're gonna pay every month until you're dead. I'm just kidding. <laughs> Usually <laughs> mortgages are 15 to 30 years. Those are the most common options. Um, you can pay. Usually you can pay them off earlier. Um, so it'll be 15 to 30 years, but it's really great. We'll talk in the next episode about strategy, but it's really great to pay a little bit extra. Then you're paying off faster and you're not paying as much interest. Um, but the loan will be paid off over that time with interest and you'll be making this monthly payment. So here's a couple terms within the payment. This is usually what your payment will be broken down into. When you pay rent for an apartment, usually it's just rent. It's one category, but there's multiple categories within a mortgage payment. It's also important to know this because you can run a mortgage payment calculator online. You may think, okay, if I'm taking a $250,000 loan, going back to the example we had before, my payment is XYZ. Great, but a lot of those calculators only show principal and interest, which we'll talk about right now, but there's other elements that you need to keep in mind. So as we mentioned, the first element is principal, which is when you're paying off the actual loan balance. So for a $250,000 loan, every month you're gonna pay off part of that loan. And the other element of that though is gonna be interest, as we mentioned, which is the bank's profit. Now the split between these two is going to change a little bit every month. The reason is because that interest charge is calculated based on the outstanding balance of the loan, which is going down every month, thankfully. So when you first get a loan, you'll be paying a lot more in interest, but the interest calculation will become less and less every month as you pay down that loan. But every month you're gonna have a fixed amount of principal and interest, but the division between the two will change just a little bit. And it's kind of interesting to see when you first start taking your loan, how much you're paying in interest. And then as you go further along in the loan, you can see that the amount that you're actually paying down towards the loan goes up, which is pretty exciting to see. So remember principal, the amount you're paying down the loan, interest is just the bank's profit, it's just a fee. That doesn't go towards your loan at all, which is a little bit of a bummer. So another element that you have to be aware of is property taxes. So because the bank, is funding so much money towards this loan, what they do is they don't wanna have any issues with property taxes where you don't pay your taxes and you're delinquent on them or something like that. So what they do is every month you pay a little bit amount, that's basically an estimated amount towards your property taxes, which are usually paid yearly. And it depends, the time of the year depends where you live. So remember these amounts that you pay, so maybe it's uh, you know 200 bucks a month, towards your property taxes. So that's what they're estimating. They're saying, okay, well, if you're paying 200 bucks a month, we're estimating your property taxes at the end of the year are gonna be $2,400. So we'll have you pay towards that. That money, they're not paying it towards the government every month to pay off the property taxes. What they do is that money goes into what's called an escrow account, which is just like a special little bank account off to the side. It builds up an escrow account. Then when your property taxes come due, the bank will pay off the property taxes for you. Now, because it's an estimate, you can either over or underfund your ta escrow account. So maybe, like we said, you're paying $200 a month towards your property taxes. You get to the end of the year, there's $2,400 in there. And maybe the property taxes were only $2,000. So you have $400 left over. What will happen is the mortgage company will send you a check 
for $400 and say, hey, this was the extra amount in the escrow. And what they actually might do next year is decrease your monthly payment. And they say, maybe we'll do like 180 bucks a month. So your mortgage payment can actually fluctuate a little bit depending on the property taxes, whether you've over or underfunded that escrow account. And generally it's relatively consistent. Property taxes don't vary wildly, um, but if rates go up, rates go down, it's a little more or less than you expected, just know your, pro your uh, mortgage payment can change a little bit based off of that. But that's why you're paying those taxes monthly, even though they're only due once a year, because the bank's collecting that money as you go. Because <laughs> what they we wouldn't want them to do is you're paying your normal mortgage payment at the end of the year, they say, okay, now we need an extra $2,400 for your taxes. Which if you didn't have a mortgage, that's what you'll have to do anyway. Um, you just have to pay your taxes once a year, but it's a lot better. The bank doesn't have to worry about you becoming delinquent on your taxes. So one of the last elements on your mortgage payment that you'll run into is going to be something called mortgage insurance. This is a very commonly misunderstood item. Mortgage insurance is not good for you. It does not help you. It's not insurance for you. What it is, is usually if your down payment is too small, like we talked about in the beginning, if you don't put enough money down, um, the bank gets nervous and they think, well, if you can't put that much money down, our risk is higher. Because instead of giving you a $250,000 loan, now we're giving you a $275,000 loan. We're a little more nervous if you're going to be able to make those payments. So if you stop making payments, all of a sudden they've lent out $25,000 more than they would have liked to. And they're on the hook for that. So... What they do is they charge you something called mortgage insurance. It's commonly called PMI, and you might see that call on there. Or you might see it on your payment as under PMI. So this is not insurance for you. This protects the lender. This is basically just an extra fee. Think of it just like interest. It's an extra fee they give you that says, well, just in case you don't pay, we made a little bit more money on this loan. They're trying to make up for that amount. It's a risk for them. So if, for example, if you lent $10 to a friend who always pays you back right on time, they Venmo you as soon as they get home, you know, from wherever restaurant you're at, you feel pretty comfortable with that, right? But if you lend $10 to your buddy who never will pay you, you know, never pay you back, and maybe, maybe we'll say like $1,000, so it's a little more in line, maybe $10 you won't worry about. If you lend $1,000 to someone, you're more nervous about you paying back, maybe you'll request that. You know, you give them less money or your request maybe a little extra, hey, I need you to give me like an extra 50 bucks if I'm going to lend you this money. You're trying to protect yourself from that risk. So the bank is trying to do that too. They charge this additional fee to protect themselves from the risk that they have going on. So you want to avoid paying PMI if at all possible because all it is is extra fees for you. It's really not great. And as long as you put enough down, you can avoid PMI. It's a lot better financially for you. And that number is going to be about 20%. So in order to qualify, some, some may go a little bit less or above, but the main number is, or at least the number that we see the most is 20% to qualify to waive that mortgage insurance. And that's a 20% down payment. That should be your goal. And that should make yourself feel better too, because if you can put 20% down on a house, that means you're probably probably could afford that house. It's more in your budget. You know, if you're trying to put 20% down on a house, and you're like, wow, that's way too much money. Maybe you shouldn't be taking a loan for that much money. It's kind of a good gauge, I think, for yourself to know anyway. All right, everyone. Well, thank you so much for joining us today on our episode, talking a little bit about the general terms of mortgages and the principles behind them. Uh, on Wednesday, we're going to be talking a little bit more in depth around them, strategy, the different types of loans that they have out there for mortgages, um, maybe um, 
FHA loans, that sort of thing. So stay tuned and we'll go ahead and get you all the information that you need for at least the basics understanding on mortgages. Thank you everyone for joining us and we'll see you on Wednesday. The information shared on our show is for educational purposes only and is not intended to be advice. Reach out to a professional for your specific situation.